Hello, and welcome to Order Up. We're going to start off today's podcast with a very timely message. Communities are feeling the effects of Hurricane Ian as the violent storm made its way up the Florida and South Carolina coast. As residents suffer widespread property damage, restaurants work to recover what's been lost. Today's episode is to highlight the newly released Always Ready Natural Disasters Guide. The guide has risk-mitigating tips for restaurant operators covering what to do after a hurricane to ensure the safety of a restaurant and its crew. For more insights, download the full guide. The link can be found in today's show notes. The National Restaurant Association also works closely with state restaurant associations to support restaurants during these trying times. We've also included some resources specifically from Florida and South Carolina. If you've been impacted by the storm or are looking for ways to help those who have been impacted, be sure to visit those helpful links we've provided in today's notes. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Order Up, the podcast from the National Restaurant Association. I'm Carly McBride, your host, Content Communications Manager. Before we get started, make sure you're subscribed to Order Up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform so you catch all our new episodes on their Monday release day. The number and severity of catastrophic weather events are on the rise. Government agencies from FEMA to the CDC and Ready.gov offer myriad resources for preparedness and recovery, but none are geared specifically to restaurant operations. The National Restaurant Association's Always Ready Natural Disasters gleans the best practices from official sources and restaurant operators, including human resources and risk managers from independent restaurants and national brands to share recommendations for what to do in advance, during, and after a natural disaster. So joining me today is Larry Siegler, Director of Food Safety for Waffle House. Larry has vast knowledge of emergency preparedness specific to the restaurant industry and has been a fantastic contributor throughout the development of the Always Ready Guide. So Larry, we're thrilled to have you with us on the podcast today, and thank you so much for joining me. Let's go ahead and get started. So Larry, first, can you introduce yourself and tell us a bit more about your background in restaurants? Sure, I'll be glad to, Carly. Uh, my name is Larry Sigler. I'm the Director of Food Safety for Waffle House. My main duties entail development of food safety policies for the company and coordination of these policies with the operations team. As a 22-year uh, veteran, I've been instrumental in development of training for the Waffle House team, as well as working with numerous departments in the development of ongoing food safety initiatives. As a member of the corporate crisis team, I've taken part in over 14 responses to hurricanes, as well as other crisis situations. My primary duty during a crisis is to coordinate Waffle House's response activities with health department and emergency management teams in the affected areas, whether on the ground or from the corporate office. During the COVID-19 pandemic, I took the lead in creating additional policies and procedures related to the crisis, such as development of enhanced sanitation procedures in coordination with local health department officials to ensure each location was following mandates in their area. Okay, fantastic. So let's talk a little bit more about Waffle House. 
Uh, how many units is it, and in how many states does it operate? We have 1,958 units in 25 states right now. We're heaviest in the southeast, but we have units that go all the way out to Arizona and as far north as uh, Delaware and Pennsylvania. Fantastic. So when did the brand's preparedness expertise become known as the Waffle House Index? Tell us a bit more about that. Can you share the story? Sure, sure. Uh, It was actually uh, during Hurricane Charlie in 2004. Craig Fugate, uh, who at that point in time worked for Florida Emergency Management, noticed there was a trend when he was in the field uh, relative to Waffle Houses being open. In 2011, as the head of FEMA, he coined the term that we all know today as the Waffle House Index from his work as an emergency agent. This test has brought a lot of notoriety to something the Waffle House has always done out of a genuine sense of corporate responsibility. We interviewed Craig here at our office, and and I thought I'd share with you what he said because uh, I, I really think It tells the story about why it's so important for businesses to be open in the community. This was what he said at this interview. He said, throughout our previous experiences, Waffle Houses are the sentinel. If they're open, it's not that bad. Keep going. If they're closed, they're going to be the first places to reopen. When uh, I got to FEMA, instead of us thinking the private sector was out there doing their own thing, Maybe we should have been thinking, how do we help them? And ask a different question. What can we do to get you open? The quicker we can get businesses open, the quicker people get back to work, the quicker we get the economy back up. Waffle House is the example. In many cases, other businesses kind of now look to the Waffle House. If they're setting the standard We better catch up because at Waffle House, everyone benefits during these times. The people that work at Waffle House and the customers. Waffle House has become part of the recovery process. When you talk about disasters, you've got to talk about the community, not just government and the business community. So what kinds of disasters has Waffle House faced? Well, uh, hurricanes is, of course, what we're most well-known for, uh, but we uh, have also dealt with tornadoes, floods, winter storms. Haven't dealt with an earthquake yet, and I hope we never have to, or with wildfires. But uh, uh, at the same time, our, our playbook can be designed to work in almost any type of situation. Let's talk a little bit more about that playbook. When did the Waffle House Storm Playbook debut? Well, we began our hurricane response during Hurricane Hugo in 1989. We formalized our storm playbook in the early 2000s. Okay, so did Waffle House start out as a brand that was able to reopen for the community quickly? Was that like an intentional goal or did it evolve to being that over time? You seem to find the right procedures and we're very good at. So tell us a bit more about that. Okay. Yes, it was intentional. We felt we needed to be there for our customers, our associates, and the community. Our customers need a place to eat after a crisis. They also need a place to charge their cell phones, a place with air conditioning or heat. 
and a place to be with their families and friends. Our associates need to work so they can make money. From a business point of view, it's probably not the best choice, as we spend a lot of money on resources during these crises. From a people point of view, it's the only choice. Our associates and the customers see that other businesses are closed, but we're open for them. We uh, review our procedures every year based on best practices that uh, come to us from our operators in the field from the prior year. And we take those and we incorporate those in our storm playbook where necessary. The National Restaurant Association Always Ready Natural Disasters gleans the best practices from official sources and restaurant operators to share recommendations for what to do in advance, during, and after a natural disaster. This comprehensive guide includes resources to help operators develop things like crisis management teams, insurance coverage, emergency contact lists, emergency supplies, and communication protocols. Visit the link in our show notes to download your copy of Always Ready Natural Disasters today. Okay, so Larry, can you talk us through this process when, say, a hurricane is imminent? What are your first steps and and what happens after that? Well, our preparation starts in January for hurricanes. Uh, We have meetings in the field as far as preparation uh, and talking to our associates, giving them information so they know what to do for themselves and their families, and also talking to our vendors so they're prepared and know what we may need from them. Once a hurricane is imminent, we track that hurricane via a software system we have called HERTREK. And it starts off the coast of Africa. The software lets us know where the hurricane will make landfall and how our individual restaurants will be affected. And it's critical in helping us as an efficient way for us to allocate resources. The support team out of our corporate office tracks the hurricane via the uh, HERTRAC software. We line up generators and fuel. We line up jump teams and stage them to come into the area after the storm. And we also line up vendors to supply restaurants before the storm and stage them for after the storm. An example of this was during uh, Hurricane Michael in uh, Florida which made landfall in Mexico Beach. And we actually had refrigerated trucks waiting in underground garages in Panama City Beach, ready to drive out of those garages and head for Mexico Beach after the storm passed. Thanks, Larry. Uh, You talked a little bit about equipment. So I'm curious what other equipment is absolutely essential in this type of situation? What What do you always need and always use? Well, we need fuel, uh, refrigeration for food, uh, generators, pumps, and of course, we need food. But our most important asset is probably the partnerships we have with our vendors that we've developed over the years. Our vendors help us prepare for the storm so we can serve the community after the storm. Let's talk about communication. It's so important during times of crisis. So what means of communication do you rely on? And if cell towers fail, what's the plan B? 
Well, we have so many different uh, of our operations team that are on site that have different cell phone connections. We also use uh, GPS connections. We use uh, GroupMe and different things like that for communication. But I think the biggest difference between us and, and maybe other people is that our leadership is on the ground and we direct our operations from there. They are there on site and all the decisions are made in the field. The corporate office is just there for support. We don't make any decisions. We trust that to our executive vice presidents and senior vice presidents and area vice presidents who are right there where the storm happened. So Larry, let's talk a little bit about the personal aspect of it. During times of crisis, again, you take care of your employees. So how do you show that so that they can in turn take care of the customers? Well, our number one concern is always the safety of our associates and their families in areas hit by a storm. I mentioned before jump teams. Uh, what a jump team is, is basically we bring in people from areas all over the country to assist in the restaurants where a storm is hit. So if necessary, our local associates can stay with their families. When needed, we'll provide housing for our associates and their families and many instances where their homes or apartments have been destroyed or had to close because of the storm. So that's going to be our number one priority is to make sure they're okay, uh, not just to take care of our customers, but to take care of themselves and their families. Is this something that you'd recommend to other operators? Absolutely. Uh, we welcome other operations of all types. Attempt to open after a storm as soon as possible to provide continuity and assistance in the community. We don't want to be the only people open. When we're the only place open, it's hard. It's very hard for us to help everybody. So it would be better if other people were open as well. And along that same vein, looking forward, what do you hope that our audience takes away from today's discussion? I just hope that this can uh, help other businesses and individuals realize the importance of being there for the community. We have similar goals as the local, state, and federal government. And those goals are to get the community back up and as close to normal as possible, as soon as possible. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Larry. We really appreciate your valuable insights. And I recommend that all of our listeners check out the show notes. We'll include some valuable resources there for our listeners. Thank you, Carly. As a culinary tastemaker, you know which menu trends are on the rise before they hit the big time. So we need your input. Take the What's Hot 2023 Menu Trends Survey. We're calling all chefs, nutrition experts, and menu consultants to take the 2023 Menu Trends Survey from the National Restaurant Association. It's an easy survey that should only take five minutes to complete. We know you're wondering, what's in it for you? Well, survey respondents have a chance to win one of two $500 American Express gift cards. You have a great chance of winning. So visit the link in the show notes today to participate. Thanks so much for listening to Order Up, the podcast from the National Restaurant Association. Follow us on your favorite podcast player and find out more at restaurant.org slash podcasts. 
episode produced by Dante32. 